Hey there, and thanks for listening to Call of the Week. Our topic this week is the UT Crop Variety Trials. Our corn and cotton trials have recently been released on utcrops.com, and today we have Ryan Blair and Tyson Raper who are here to discuss those more thoroughly. Guys, thanks for being here. How are you doing? Doing well, Ginger. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, Ginger. Ryan, we'll start with you. Just give us an overview of what you saw in corn this year. Yes, we got our uh, 2018 County Standardized Variety Trial uh, data in. It's out. You can find that on utcrops.com. And also a few guys that are on the blog, uh, look back there and find it. Uh, But we had really good yields this year. I think another record year for the state, uh, somewhere in that 176 bushel range, uh, did really well. We had great weather for our corn, plenty of rain, as you guys know. Uh, and, it, and it turned out really well as far as um, test weights went uh, and our yields. So real happy with our yield, uh, yields this year. Any surprising results as, as you look over your data? Uh, again, we've got some, uh, some standouts that did really well, consistent yielders. Uh, a couple of those uh, in our full seasons, DeKalb showed out again. They were in the, the top two in 2017 and also the top two in our full test in 18. Uh, with DeKalb 67.44 and the 70.27. Both of those hybrids looked really well in the field all season, came out real consistent, uh, placing in that top, um, placing that top A group uh, around 90% of locations. So uh, real consistent yielders. Uh, Another one that we got back this year that you'll see at the top there, the number three was a Dynagro 57 VC 51. Uh, you'll notice on that one for you guys that have, have looked at my data tables and you see those asterisks for uh, seeing where a hybrid repeats itself in the A group, you won't see one on that 5751, uh, but that's because it fell out in 16, uh, 17, I'm sorry, it fell out in 17, uh, but from 2012, 2016, it was in the A group and it's back up there in the A group this year. So a real consistent hybrid, uh, expect good things out of that one, one that I would I would look into. Uh, our medium t- tested really well again this year. Um, we had one up there to Cal 66.75, average 222, uh, over a, a test average of about 200. Uh, so really showed out, did well across all locations. Um, our early test, a couple of those that, that stood out to me. Um, one is, is Beck 63.65. Again, you've seen that one in the A group for four consecutive years. A really consistent hybrid's done well. Uh, Warren Seed had one up there, 94.12 did well. Uh, and then if you move up to the top of that A group, the Agrigolds have really been showing out. Um, the 65.44 has been up there in the top for the last couple of years, a hybrid I really like to see. A new one I got this year was Agrigold 64.259, a hybrid that's that's new to us uh, but showed, showed out really well this year. 80% of the locations it was in the top. Uh, and then looking back from last year, again, one that we don't want to forget is that 64.99 out of the Agrigold bag uh, has done really well. It's uh, it's a good producer uh, and one for for high end uh, environments. And Tyson, let's bring you in. I know the uh, cotton trials just came out last week, so t- talk about those a little bit. Yeah, so we got the the results, uh, a uh, average publication out, and the full results from each location should be posted within the next few weeks. Still waiting on some classing office data from Memphis on those. Uh, it seems like harvest season started uh, an eternity ago, but it's uh, pretty well over with now. Um, it was a good year. Uh, we had relatively good yields. I think better than most expected. Uh, and considering how long we were in harvest and how long each bowl weathered, uh, quality was pretty good. We saw a big swing in 
quality. Uh, most uh, bales after uh, September started light spot, but if they were allowed to, to bleach a little in the field uh, in between rains, we saw them pick. Well, you both mentioned weather, uh, and considering the year we had, does that play a role in the quality of your of your results? Not not the quality of the cotton itself, but I mean, talking about the data. Does that play a role in the quality of the data, and do you take the weather into consideration? Yeah, so one one thing that, that I'm pointing out uh, in my soybean data this year, as you guys know, uh, we've had some real bad quality issues, and uh, this year we planted 67 soybean varieties, or 16 soybean variety test plots, and I harvested and put 42 into the publication. Uh, so with that, it was, it was due both early season, uh, not being able to get in the field because it was wet, uh, but most of it was was um, problems getting it out of the field. Had a lot of problem with Phomopsis coming in uh, this warm, humid summer, uh, late in the season when these pods were trying to fill out. Uh, the disease set in and moved to the pods, uh, and, and seed quality was a big issue. So yes, for as far as a data standpoint, I had to throw out a lot of data just because the fields were in such rough shape. So should producers keep this in mind, uh, that this was a tough weather year as they look at these evaluations? So what I'm, what I'm telling folks is uh, the data that I've got in my, in my results is good data. Uh, I was able to keep the results that, that were representative of what I felt and what, what we feel is a representative uh, grouping. The biggest thing that we need to look at uh, in the coming year is probably looking at our uh, populations. We are going to have some production beans that are going to be impacted by this weather and by this quality. Uh, I don't think this spring is going to be a spring to short on, on seed population uh, because we're going to have a little bit of issue. Vigor is probably going to be a little bit of an issue too as these production beans were hit with some of this later uh, inclement weather. So uh, I, I would encourage uh, to plan a full population and, uh, and try to plan into to more optimal soil conditions as far as wetter, uh, colder soils. Uh, I don't think our seed's going to have the vigor. Some of our seed may not have the vigor uh, that it that it's typically has. All right. Well, Tyson, back to you. Were there cotton performers that you wanted to highlight? Yeah. And back, and back you know, to the quality things, from a seed standpoint, we saw seed quality damaged in, in cotton, but really, you know, only slight impacts on fiber quality. Mainly when we see uh, weathering, it'll impact color and uh, maybe a little bit on leaf. Traditionally, we think we lose weight with rain. And I mean, there's some evidence for that. We don't lose a lot. And, you know, as far as how the weather might have impacted our results, we're not really growing cultivars that will allow lint to fall out of the bowl generally speaking, especially if we don't have a lot of wind. And these fronts weren't really very windy fronts with few exceptions. Uh, so our, our, the quality of the data is, is very good. If anything, you could probably expect a little bit more of a premium and less of a discount based on color in a normal year. Uh, but from a performance standpoint on yield and, and quality, uh, we didn't lose anything this year. And, and that you know part of that is uh, the quality of the cultivars were growing. I know before we started recording, we were discussing uh, the Bolgard 2 performance versus Bolgard 3. Yeah, so we've had, uh, you know, we're expecting a pretty hard shift into Bolgard 3 technology this coming year. And as Scott Stewart has mentioned previously, uh, we're seeing some issues with that Bolgard 2 technology, Bolworm. It looks like it may be becoming more resistant to that technology. The performance of the Bolgard 2s this year was... uh, 
impressive, and, and when compared to some of the Bolgar 3s, was significantly better. Uh, so we want to make sure, if you're selecting a Bolgar 3, to take a close look at the variety testing data for your area, set reasonable expectations. I'm not saying across the board you shouldn't plant a Bolgar 3. There are some examples of very good performance in the Bolgar 3 technology. But overall, um, Bolgar 2s have, have performed very well. St several surprises this year. Uh, Delta Pine 1725 won the test uh, for the CST. Very, very impressed by that variety. It didn't do quite as well last year, but this year was clearly a year for it. Um, and, and Delta Pine 1646 would be uh, right there in that top tier as well. Premium fiber quality. It's listed as a mid-maturing variety, but we've been able to kind of manipulate it uh, more into an early, early mid. I, 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 it fits on a lot of acres for us. It's a, it's a very adaptable um, variety. Two others I'll mention, Phytogen 350, uh, kind of a dark horse. Wasn't expecting it to perform near as well as it did. Um, it didn't have a whole lot of it. It was kind of introduced late. Did really well for us, and that's got that's got three uh, uh, BT genes in it, so it was tickled to have that. And then in Stoneville 4949, which has kind of been around for a while, but it did very well for us this year. So happy to have uh, some diversity up there in the top tier. Um, I will mention, you know, we've got our official variety trial results published too. A lot of experimentals from Phytogen up in the top. We also had uh, a, uh, a, a Bayer, um, Stoneville, excuse me, a Stoneville uh, uh, performer that was up there in Cropland 9608, another Bolgard 3 that was top tier. So a lot of diversity like we saw last year in that upper tier, um, which is great. Uh, we need competition uh, from a pricing standpoint, and, and we, we've got a lot of good options, I think, moving into 19. Well, good. So these reports are out and available. You can get them online at utcrops.com or also in any local UT Extension office. And uh, of course, Meeting season is coming up, and there's going to be more meetings this winter where I'm sure these will be discussed more thoroughly. Yeah, and so I'll be posting here in the next uh, week or two. I'll be posting our uh, meeting schedule for January on the blog. Uh, we will we'll be in every uh, major uh, uh, ag county over the next uh, two months. So I'll list that the January meetings I'll post now, and then as more meetings uh, change and get settled, I'll post another uh, set of meetings in, in uh, late January. All right, good deal. Well, thank you both for being with us. Merry Christmas to you, and Merry Christmas to everyone who is listening. And thanks for listening to Call of the Week as we've started it off here in 2018. This will be our last Call of the Week for a little while. We'll take a short break for the holidays, but we'll be back in January. In the meantime, if you have ideas or topics you'd like to hear discussed on Call of the Week, give me an email. The address is gtrice at tennessee.edu or reach out to one of the specialists. I'm sure they will let me know what you want to hear. In the meantime, thanks for listening. We'll talk next year. Call of the Week is brought to you by the University of Tennessee Institute of Agriculture and utcrops.com.